0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. How's it going, Derek? Going fantastic. Are you snowed in?
1: <laughs> we sort of were. Like we uh so yeah, this week it's it's uh it's been an exciting week. We finally winter has finally showed its uh, rear to head. And uh yeah, it was uh it's just there's a lot of snow. It snowed for like a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sh- our sh- driveway got shoveled three times, and I managed to shovel three different driveways. So, shoveled my driveway in the morning, on the way home from work, stopped at the mother-in-law's. Me and Siobhan shoveled her driveway, then I came home and I helped and I shoveled my neighbor's driveway because he's too old to shovel and he might die if he shovels it himself. And uh, and then I finished off my driveway again. So it's like holy cow. And while I was at work, Siobhan. Shovelled our driveway a little bit too. She did most of the work because uh, we got all the snow after uh, in mid morning. So yeah, that was exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to uh, drive to work in all that garbage. Um, yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't that bad of a drive. A lot of people stayed home and whatnot. So, but uh, I got home to a nicely shovelled driveway and everything like nice. that. Yeah. And then after dinner the snow plow went by and we ended up with a <laughs> about five feet deep and about two and a half feet high. Wow. Mm hmm. So I went out and shoveled half of it, went in to take a break, and my neighbor showed up with his snowblower and Good finished the other half. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, uh, did, uh, the other half for our driveway. So I only, I only had to shovel the one half. I told Tracy, well, as it stands right now, I'm going to work tomorrow because <laughs> 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 I shoveled out behind my truck, not her car. Yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> but ah, so you know I, I, when it comes to snowplows plows filling your driveway, I learned something today. I learned that, uh, in the city of Vaughn, is that, uh, that would be west, southwest of Toronto? No, northwest no, of Toronto. Northwest. Yeah, nor- northwest of Toronto. Anyways, uh, in the city of Vaughan, uh, a decade or so ago, somebody sued the city because uh, there was issues, like something. the city would ticket you for not shoveling your sidewalk, and then the plow would come along and fill in your driveway, and so they sued, and what came out of the lawsuit in the city of Vaughan is that, uh, Yes, you don't own the sidewalk or the boulevard, but you have to maintain it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're liable if you don't shovel your driveway. How can you be liable? How can you be liable for somebody who injures yourself on city property? They said, well, if the city, if somebody falls on city property that you're supposed to maintain, you are liable. They said, well, what about the city putting snow in my driveway and then subsequent injury to somebody for that? And so the city lost. And so now the city. They plow the road, and then they come along with a different plow, and they scoop out everybody's driveway.
0: They were doing that in Scarborough when we used to live out there as well. Yeah? Yeah. That was, what, 20-something years ago now. Yeah. I huh. When Mackenzie was born, the day we, he was born, we were in the hospital, and there was a blizzard outside. So we spent all day, all night, all the next day in the hospital. Uh, he was born, came home. And the bylaw had ticketed us for not shoveling our driveway. You were in the hospital. Uh-huh. Phone him up. It doesn't hmm. matter. You had to, you, you should have got a family member or someone to, well, the the family was with us. Um doesn't matter. You should have mm-hmm. got somebody to shovel it. Yeah. We wow. fought it and, and lost. We had to pay it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's garbage. How much was that ticket? I think it was about 75 bucks or 100 bucks, something like that. Okay. So it wasn't
1: yeah. debilitating, but still, it was a, yeah, it was a like a pain in the butt. Scarborough, Ontario,
0: your bylaw office, twenty three years ago. Douchebags. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's that's just that's just bad form, absolute bad form. I had
1: a neighbor a few years back, and uh, he used to he had this little ride on plow thing, and so he he was, uh, I don't know. I would say he's uh specially employed. He was uh he was on EI or welfare or something. Anyways he'd like to every time it snowed he'd do the entire block, everybody's sidewalk. That's and, cool. And uh yeah, that was really good of him, so I'd, you know, buy him gas and get him a bottle of booze for Christmas type thing. And uh but his neighbor on the other side, he didn't get along with her. And so she like the instant it snowed she'd call the city and the city would come out and he got a ticket once for uh for not clearing sidewalk and here he is he is plowing the entire block and the city gave him a ticket wow for not clearing snow and it was based on her complaint i ended up calling the city i said hey uh this guy does the whole block Uh, you guys really got to pull back that ticket i don't know whatever happened to it but, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty insulting. Yeah. It was just because it was a, it was a Karen neighbor, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> like, oh, no, you can't, I can't believe you got a ticket. He's the guy that does everybody's sidewalk. <laughs> all it
0: takes is one, eh? Yeah, all it takes is one. But, now <laughs> I've been contemplating for the last couple of years to go out and buy a snowboard. I think I'm going to um, because it's always all that hard Ice packed snow from the road that kills you at the end, right yeah, yeah, my problem with snow blowers is I would be having too much fun with it <laughs> I would just be i yeah. I would just be using it for the sake of using it <laughs> I'd be I'm building volcanoes. <laughs> There's a volcano in the middle of my yard. What's going on? <laughs> Excuse me, neighbor. Are you using that snow? <laughs> can, I, can I have it? <laughs> when, I, when I lived up north, they used to do uh, winter carnivals. And in people's front yards, they would have a, a contest, ice, uh, snow sculptures. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I could just do that. Like a life-size volcano. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a road flare into it. Yeah. See how you're thinking? That's the spirit. We don't need that tree in the front yard anyway. <laughs> Birds can go get their seed elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, hasn't been doing much this week. Just that sort of took the wind out of everybody's sails.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been homeschooling this week. So the snow came on Monday,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: Siobhan's work got canceled, so she stayed home with the kids. And then the kids back to school on Tuesday, and then the schools decided, you know what, there's still too, still too much snow in the schoolyard, and the buses can't access them. We need to clear the area, so they closed the schools on Wednesday so that the schools in Clarington can clear out their roads and all this. It's like, I'm sorry, it's like two days after the snowstorm. <laughs> it said, And the email they sent on Tuesday evening was like, yes, yeah, so it so was supposed to snow again. And plus all the snow we already have. And, and people still can't get in from home and we're, we're missing too many teachers. So we're going to close again on Wednesday. It's like, what? Awesome. I remember it, it, it took a, uh, it took an insane amount of snow when I was growing up for there to be a snow day.
0: Kids just don't understand these days. Yeah. I remember we <laughs> used to have that. to go to school in the snow <laughs> uphill both ways. Both ways.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. Same, same Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, enough complaining about snow. I, I like the snow. I'm happy it snowed. Yeah. It's exciting. And uh yeah, it's uh, I don't know, I'm I'm pleased that we have finally actually
0: have some snow. The kids are now asking to go skiing. Yeah. I don't mind the snow at all. You know, like, uh, get on the 401 and I mean, even driving to work on Monday, you know, like everybody was well spaced apart. Everybody's doing well under the speed limit, you know, not being, there's no, no heroes on the road. Let's put it that way. The, the slow lane was where people were pulling over to get out and bash off their, their windshield wipers because it was wet snow and all that garbage. Uh, so you know, that was, everybody would let them and then they'd sort of gain speed and pull back into the middle lane and we'd all continue on sort of things. So it was a pretty decent drive in. Mm-hmm. Coming home, there was one lane <laughs> and everybody was, you know, like about four car, car lengths away from each other and tootling yeah. down at about 60 kilometers an hour and all the way home. It worked out well. Mm-hmm. If more people yeah, would stay it. home. Right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so one last snow thing I want to mention uh you you follow Lure the North correct on Instagram and so on, oh, yeah, 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 they are three days in on their trip so far, mm-hmm. so they're going from the uh the uh right from what is it highway ten or what no you know up near Cochrane, and they're going all the way to Knee moose factory, I believe right yeah
0: they're they're walking right up to Knee.
1: yeah, yeah. So that's quite the trip. That's exciting. I'm following that. I think there's, uh, is there four of them? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I I saw I saw her posting. I I, I know that they have uh, a crew with them, and I know it's a long, challenging trip. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting to watch that kind of uh, winter adventure as they trek their way up north.
0: Yeah, I. If you had the time, that'd be a pretty cool trip to do. Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
1: I know. Like, how long is it going to take them? It's going to be like a two month trek or something, right?
0: I don't think. No, I don't think it's that long.
1: Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take. I, I, I didn't like they talked about it, but the, I didn't look into exactly how long they expect it to be. And they're going to take the train back, so they'll take the Polar Bear Express to, to return south.
0: And I believe a lot of the river you can walk up.
1: Uh, yeah, so there's some areas, they're talking about some areas that they were warned to stay away from because of fast water and thin yeah. ice and stuff like that. But yeah, for the most part, they uh, they will be following the, uh, uh, what's the name of the river?
0: There's a Moose River. The, yeah. yeah. Mitsunabi? The Missinabi. The oh. Missinabi goes up that way.
1: I can't remember. It's uh, It was the trip that Burt Reynolds and Marilla River was supposed to take last year when we had no water.
0: Were you not, I thought... Why do I keep thinking you were doing the Spanish River? No,
1: no. We're supposed to go up to Moose moose Factory.
0: No, I know you're. Yeah. Uh, I just keep think, keep forgetting. And I don't know why. <laughs> uh, hang on. They are starting. Yeah, are they not starting on the Highway 11? Yeah, something like that. Near Smooth. Is it Matt, near Smooth? Matt, Matt. Well,
1: I really should have done my research before.
0: Yeah, way to go, Weenie. Um, is the Abitibi is up there? Abitibi Canyon's up there. Yeah. Why am I drawing a blank on that now? Oh, way to go. You'll have to uh, Google it. Google yeah. it. But yeah, cause I, I always started at the Moose River and, and went up. Yeah. There's the Abitibi River into the Moose River. Is that what they're ta- Yeah. They're, they're, they're starting on, they're doing the Abitibi. Are they not? No.
1: Misanabi or
0: something. Is it? Okay, I'll believe you.
1: <laughs> Google it. Let me know. Yeah, Misanabi. Yeah. Oh, the Misanabi. And it's out of Matagami. That is where they Oh, started. okay,
0: okay, okay. Yeah. Awesome.
1: I found the old email from uh, Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run.
0: Yeah. I I know Dennis Rogers did the Spanish River, did he not? Uh Last yes. year, or this year, so, last year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's Recently. why I got it stuck in my head.
1: Yeah, and Burt Reynolds, I think uh, our second year we did the Spanish. So first year Des Moines, second year Spanish, third year Noir, Noir,
0: and then last year nowhere.
1: No, there was nowhere because of the low water levels.
0: Yeah, see, yeah. too many, too many places, buddy. You got, you got, I got too many things to remember. <laughs> and we're all old. <laughs> we're getting old, and that's why I'm going to buy me a snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of getting old, ah, yes. there's a Kickstarter out there that you might be interested in. Cause, oh, it's a Kickstarter. Yeah, really? yeah. It sounds like they've passed some of these out already to get feedback on them. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, a Kickstarter Pack Motor. P-A-C Motor. All one word. Uh, It's an innovative dual-motor system that allows users to operate their kayaks remotely. Equipped with a pair of robust thrusters, a couple of propeller thrusters, a 16.8-volt battery box system has surpassed all expectations from its users in terms of efficiency, power, and convenience. It is supplied with a foolproof wireless joystick control that supports Bluetooth connectivity. The system offers compact portability, kayak accessibility, a customizable frame, and a simple installation. So I took a peek at this thing thinking, well, what exactly is it? Basically, take a stick, a long or a metal pole, put two little propellers on the end uh, bend the pole sort of in a, a V that hangs over your kayak. And these propellers, like something you'd see on one of those little recreational um, water things that push you around. What are yep. they called? Yeah. Anyway, picture a couple of those and they push the kayak for you. Uh It's a du- dual, you can use one, you can use the other, you can use both of them, forwards, backwards, you can do a go complete 360 spin on this thing, independently controlled propellers, right? So you yeah. can use one or just the other. Now I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, this would be good for kayak fishermen. Yeah. And people who like to kayak, but can't do it for long periods of time.
1: Yeah, so people have mobility issues. Or...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it says, Pack motor is ideal for kayak beginners as it simplifies and makes it easy to switch between motoring and paddling. Seasoned veterans can benefit from it as well as it opens up additional options. Automated paddling is invaluable in emergencies for fishing and people with health issues and more. My big thing with this would be uh, now, right now, I'm telling you, if I see you with one of these, I'm pointing at you and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, my big thing—I saw this automatically—is like, if you're fishing, this is perfect,
1: especially is, if you yeah. want to
0: so, sort of stay in one spot, right?
1: Yep. And, or if you've got, you know, if you got a line on something and and uh, and it's you know it's running a certain direction, you can just maneuver your uh, your kayak to uh you know to have the right angle on the fish and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Huh. That's pretty cool. And it's all electric. It's not making it, it's not gonna make any noise. Nope. So it's not like you're out there with a gas motor or anything.
0: No. Wireless huh. joystick for three hundred and sixty degrees of motion. Uh so yeah there's this this joystick thing you have in your hand with a little button that you move it around sort of thing, right? Uh, which, if you, oops, dropped it overboard, it floats. Yep. When folded for storage and transport, the pack motor, uh, compact 10 by 22 inches, weighs just 9 pounds. Having said that, there are three sizes. A small, which is 28 inches wide. A medium, which is 34 inches wide. And a large, 40 inches wide. So that's just the size to fit. Uh, the the width of your kayak. Yeah. I wonder if you could probably, you could probably wedge this on a canoe as well. You probably could, yeah. A lightweight canoe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, battery measures 10 by 12 inches and weighs 10 pounds. Ooh, that's some weight. Mm hmm. Max speed, 5 miles per hour. 23.2 pounds of thrust. Oh, that's pretty good. Run time is three and a half to twenty hours depending on speed. Yeah. So I mean if you're using it just to keep yourself, you know, in one spot Position. or something yeah. like that, you know, when you're It'll fishing after the weeds. To yeah. yeah. But if you're using it to motor straight on down a coast, yeah, you're you're only getting three hours out of that bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh and salt water. Perfect. They're saying it's going to be about $799 US. But if you go to the Kickstarter, um, of course, there's if you donate money and help get them reach their goal, they'll knock some off. You'll get a percentage, I think 20 or 30% off, something like that. And save money anyway. They have an autopilot app in development. Which if you... If you if you are out there and you're fishing and you know there's a a ledge, you could just have it running back and forth on that ledge and not even give thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. It would just go back and forth, back and forth, and all you got to do is keep fishing, not even worrying about. Yeah, right. That's pretty cool. Hmm.
1: So right right now on Kickstarter, it's. Well, the launch day special is sold out, but for an extra thirty bucks, you get the launch week special. So, US five hundred ninety bucks, which is Canadian $739, 25 percent off the future retail estimate price. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, they charge for shipping. That's going to be expensive.
0: Yeah, so this comes the states. The,
1: the battery is ten pounds, and the the equipment itself is nine pounds, yeah, there's so nineteen pounds of stuff that needs to ship hmm that's interesting it's uh but yeah, it's like you know, Alan Drummond must be getting up in age enough that he probably needs one of these eh oh he's needed one
0: forever, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the frame is designed to fit 90% of kayaks of all shapes and sizes, mechanical strength and flexibility at key points makes, i uh, sorry, key joints, makes it easy to slip right onto your boat or kayak, installs firmly and in security without the need for bolts or drilling into your kayak, which is big. You're not having to mount, mount hardware onto your kayak in order to be able to use it frame is supported by two front ratchet straps where its triangular shape pulls in into place for a snug and damage-free fit. Lightweight aluminum frame is connected by extra-strength nylon joints and secured by stainless steel bolts and screws. This means it's durable, easy to carry and won't weigh down your kayak. And then there's yeah, the ratchet strap that goes around underneath and around and then straps into the onto the back of the uh Um, cockpit of your kayak just to hold it all in place. And no more guessing about your charge. With two separate displays, the back motor shows exactly how much battery life is left in the remote and the motor. As an additional safety feature, our motor is designed to turn off if the remote battery dies or malfunctions. Which is pretty cool because you don't want to be heading out to sea and then your remote control dies. <laughs> that, that may not be a good thing <laughs> uh, so if you go to pack pacmotor, you'll you can see more information There's a couple of videos and there's also a link to their Kickstarter page if you want to check that out and and see what they have to offer but yeah you know what this is a pretty cool looking uh, jobby job for well I think I
1: think it's uh it could really change and we're talking about like people with mobility issues and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's it's like what we covered last week there is a
0: uh oh a, the one arm freedom paddle
1: yeah yeah the one arm freedom paddle so if you uh if you are missing an arm, you can hook this rig on and uh, you can paddle one armed and it uh it enables you to paddle mm-hmm. and so the, the, again now we've talked about mobility issues so if you it's along the same lines, it uh, gives you the option of getting out on uh, on a uh, on a kayak or possibly canoe. I'm sure it could convert to, but uh, well, I'm it, so I think that that's pretty good. That's pretty neat for that perspective. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking further into pricing now. the uh, The $600 US 752. It's for motor and remote. I don't know what kind of battery this is. I have to. I haven't left this page yet, but uh, the battery is separate. Oh,
0: I thought the battery I...
1: is six hundred dollars. You're kidding. Seven hundred fifty-two dollars. So extra. A, yes.
0: Oh, I so totally I gotta, missed
1: that. It's got to be lithium ion or something. I I thought right? the battery it's was included. Joystick. Yeah, so that that was uh, I just came across that now. It's like oh, oh my. So, so you're looking so at sixteen
0: hundred bucks at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Wow. And, and the fishing remote I see you can strap it right to your fishing rod. Hmm. So that's neat. I'm trying to figure out what. So the battery comes in a pelk, its own custom made pelican case, and you have uh, military style connectors. To connect the battery to the motor. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. It's a waterproof battery case. It's a like I said, a pelican case. Um thirty-nine amp hour. That's pretty big.
0: Yeah, I oh. totally missed that part. Yeah. When I was reading all of that.
1: There's LEDs built into the outside of the pelican case show the battery level. Mm-hmm and you can power other gear through it so there's a 12 volt socket available on the outside of the Pelican case.
0: Oh, for your iPod, your phone. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> your GPS, your your uh, handheld radio for uh for emergencies. So the battery
1: is sold separately but is not required for operation. So you can use your own battery, I guess is what they're mm. saying.
0: So, when you drive on down to the dock, take your car battery with you.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway,
0: check out the battery uh, uh,
1: pack itself. It floats. So, if you drop the battery overboard, it's in a Pelican case that floats. Mm hmm. So yeah, so there's there's more details that need to be looked into here, but uh, again, like it's this is really ideal for somebody with mobility issues and wants to get out in a kayak and or for fishermen if they want to just uh, make it easy. Your, your your fishing rod, you can fish and steer with your fishing rod. Hmm. Awesome.
0: Very nifty. Um. Yeah, we're we're far away from needing anything like this though. Yeah, at least two years. <laughs> at least at least two years. <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Boundary Waters, that they are oh, yes. having that 13% reduction in availability of permits. Yes. 23,000 fewer people this year. Everybody should
1: consider this a reminder. Mm-hmm. Planning on going there. And originally, we had the. Uh, so I had planned on going there ever since we had uh, Louisa on. Yep. And, uh, and so I thought, oh that sounds amazing listening to louisa talk about her trip with her kids and and going into uh she wasn't in boundary i was just she was on the canadian version side of it so that's um quetico and uh so yeah i i plan on going up to the boundary water quetico area but uh now i i don't i imagine this only affects the american side the boundary water side yes and uh i haven't heard any Reductions in on
0: the Canadian side. No, this is all we've heard about is the Boundary Water side. So yeah, they're at yeah. at 23 launch sites. A uh, number yeah. of available permits will be cut from about 285 per day to 248, based on the average group size of four people to a permit. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a lot of veterans are pleased by the quota reduction, hoping it will preserve the solitude they seek from wilderness and there some outfitters are uh, you know they're saying reduced availability availability will increase frustration during the booking process and the added scarcity of entry permits will expose fewer people to canoe country now it's only 37 fewer reservations
1: per day it's 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 not a small amount but it's i, but I don't think it's overly large amount.
0: That's 37 permits
1: yeah, at which four is like,
0: people per permit. Yeah. Right? So what's 37 times also, four? Well,
1: yeah, it, you say four, but it could be a single people, like if somebody's going solo type thing, right? Well,
0: that's what they're basing it on, was the four people. Yeah. That's how they get their 23,000 yes. people yeah. per year. So um, it, is,
1: it is quite the reduction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, as we've seen ourselves, as As it has been evidenced uh, during this pandemic is uh, people have been overrunning parks and uh, and the abuse to the backcountry is just like it's staggering. So, yeah, this is uh, this is a way for them to reduce that impact on on the natural areas by uh, just having too many people
0: in there. And that's what one of the big reasons is why they're doing it. Yeah. So just a reminder that permit reservations for 2022 season becomes available starting at 9 a.m. January 26th. So if you're looking to go to uh, Boundary Waters this year, you better be hopping on that uh, computer next week. www.recreation.gov. That's where you're encouraged to book your trip. And forest managers encourage... Would be paddlers to have at least three travel options in mind before et- attempting to reserve a permit. Mm. Hot diggity! Well, you know that's where, quite you- the, uh, yeah, yeah. So you can you can uh, get all get get online and and do your booking. Yep, absolutely. But you know where you can't go in a car is the Rideau <laughs> Canal. <laughs>
1: yes. So, so like we say, everything relates back to some sort of paddle sport. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I, so I saw it today, and, and it it's just it just blew my mind. It's like what is going on with kids today? Anyways, this uh, woman, I, I she appeared to be in her late teens, early twenties. Anyway, she gets onto the Rideau Canal, which is uh, what is it? it's sort of the border between. It's, it's in
0: Ottawa. Yeah, it's directly it goes through Ottawa and then south through Ontario. Yeah. Rideau- so anyway, yeah. she
1: gets on the Rideau Canal. So it's a popular skating service. So they keep it. They clear the ice, and people skate on it. Whatever. Anyway, so she got on there with her Toyota Scion, a nice yellow sporty car, and she was ripping down the Rideau. I'm not even sure where you find a ramp to get onto the Rideau because That'd it's be a like fish,
0: a fish, uh, fishing ramp or boat ramp. Fishing ramp or something.
1: Anyway, so she got on the Rideau, it was just ripping down, but she got into an area and cottagers were saying, or the people that live on the banks of the Rideau were saying, Oh, this is a it's a high flow area. Like the Rideau itself is pretty slow moving, but in some areas where it bottlenecks at uh, high flow and thus thinner ice. Anyways, she uh, she got her car plunked through the Rideau. Into the water. And, uh, and, uh, the local residents saw it happen. And so, you know, they heard the car ripping down there. The people were, you can see videos. Everybody has a, has a video camera nowadays in their phone. So, showed her ripping them by and then it shows her going through the ice. And then when the rescuers are going, oh, you know, they, they started getting people together, getting ropes and, and so on to rescue her. And, and, uh, one of the neighbors, they had a, uh, they had a kayak. Uh, uh, in the back of their, back side of their house, and so they tied a rope to it and slid the kayak. See, it's kayak related. Yeah. They slid the kayak out to her, and uh, she hopped onto the kayak, and they pulled her ashore. She never even got wet. But one thing that kind of blew my mind is that she crawled out of her vehicle onto the roof of her vehicle as it was sinking, and by the time it was almost completely submerged, she's on the standing on the back window of her car, and then you can see her lift her ca- her phone above her and get a picture she got a selfie of herself on her sinking car <laughs> and it's like what she took the time for a selfie so I guess if, if there's no pictures it didn't happen right anyway, <laughs> well, there's pictures, the pictures. <laughs> see oh yeah lots of pictures lots of video there's video of the uh, of the uh, of the people who live there people of videos of them rescuing her with their kayak and and dragging her ashore without getting her wet, so it was uh but yeah she uh I don't know, she said she'd do it again, it was so fun, like what yeah, so she was quoted as uh somebody says what what's going on why'd you do that she goes, oh, it was so fun, I'd do it again, like, they figure uh, she
0: she went about thirty kilometers on the yeah, ice, yeah, yeah, that's incredible, like she's still alive by pure luck, yeah. I know, right? She was okay. um, uh, she was charged with one count of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle. Yep. You know now environmental damage from the fluids of her car. Exactly. So right. that
1: car, it's going to take a while for them to get that car out of there. It's going to be sitting there on the bottom. Like I doubt they're going to leave it till spring. So, so the, I imagine somebody's going to come along, cut the ice open, and drag it ashore. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have to come across somebody's back lawn when they get it ashore. And, uh, so in the meantime, whatever fluids are in the car are e- oozing out, right? Yeah. So, you know, radiator fluid, engine oil, and, and, uh, you know, what washer fluid and all that stuff, right? Brake fluid, everything's gonna be leaking out of that sucker.
0: That's gonna cost but, her a pretty penny to get it out, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's,
1: she would be responsible for the, uh, the, to remove the vehicle. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if her insurance company is gonna cover this. Or if it's going to have to come out of her pocket because, because normally if you're in an accident, the tow truck and recovery of your vehicle is, is covered by insurance and your car replacement value is covered by insurance. But I'm wondering if for insurance companies, is it's it's be hard for a insurance company to miss this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, uh, so, you know, what, what were you saying about uh, like, you know, like uh, farmers insurance? Oh,
0: yeah. Hey, State Farm, am I insured if I hit an animal? Yes. What did you hit? A fish? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jake from State Farm is going to cover this one, baby. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I would
1: think that the insurance company wouldn't because it's uh, it's not like it was an accident. It was, uh, it was. You could almost consider it purposeful. Yeah, and uh, so it's not like you know insurance jobs are covered by insurance. It's uh, it's uh, you know, you can be charged for that type of thing. Definitely. So yeah it was a uh, very bad decision making on her part and uh and a lot of people are gonna have to uh live with the consequences like the you know the contaminants in the, in the Rideau canal the the uh the neighbors who have to deal with the car in the backyard and and so on right but That's, at least uh, dude cool. had a
0: kayak that he could help her out
1: yeah good for him eh yeah <laughs>
0: awesome.
1: and it was brilliant because <laughs> he just he just pushed the kayak out it it he shoved it out it came right out to her and she just hopped onto the kayak, hands and knees, and, uh, and like, a couple guys had uh, had the rope, and they just dragged her across the open water, then across the ice, and dragged her up, up to the shore right on the kayak.
0: Wow, what's wrong with some people? <laughs>
1: I know. <sighs> I tell you. Really? Yeah, that blew me away. It's like, what's going on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we got a couple other things we're we're going to chit chat about. Uh, we'll we'll be right back after this.
1: Hi, this is Derek Sproust. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show
0: or want to let us know
1: how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
0: This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, The friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I came across this one. This is kind of, uh, well, not kind of, it is sad. Founder of Lebanon's Canoe Kayak Federation has died. Uh, one of the most famous kayakers and rafters and founder of the country's Canoe Kayak Federation was found dead Wednesday, uh, that was last last week, after an alleged burglary at his house in the south of the country. Ali Muhammad Awada, who hails from the southern village of Kayam, uh, was discovered at his home near Al-Qaradi Bridge in a suspected case of a bungled burglary. He was the founder of the local canoe, kayak, and rafting club, which was headquartered at his home, close to one of Lebanon's longest rivers, the Latani River. Uh, Founder and former Secretary General of the Lebanese Canoe Kayak Federation, Awada had previously lived in Toulouse, where he once served as a technical director for the French Olympic team. So this wasn't just some regular old dude. Yeah, he did a lot. Yeah. He did a lot for
1: the community and, and he did a lot for, yeah, so it's, did it say how old he was?
0: No, 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 that it didn't say. Uh, it just says that he, he was in Lebanon in 1995 and established the Federation in a bid to introduce canoeing and kayaking as a means to unite people after 20 years of civil war. So that's what, since 1975, after 20 years of war, he comes in and says, you know what, we, we got to let's get together, we'll, 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 we'll get on the river, we'll do some canoeing, some kayaking uh, and whatnot, and uh, started bringing people together. He helped to popularize rafting in the country. Uh, he returned to Lebanon for good in 2000 after the conclusion of the South Lebanon conflict. He said he established the federation with the aim of developing the sports in Lebanon to produce athletes at a competitive level as well as to allow more people to participate in them. So here's this this war that's ended and he's sitting there trying to bring everybody in the country together, get them all, uh, you know, look into the future, you know, because um, when, you, you, when you think of something like that, you're not thinking, hey, we got to get some athletes together, you know, but uh, that's what he was doing. He was, he was let's, let's make these, this federation, let's get people out there, let's get these athletes up to a competitive level and, you know, they can compete at a, uh, an international level. Uh, apparently, his death has triggered a social media frenzy, with many followers, friends, and members of his club mourning him and posting obituaries and condolences. And one friend posted a, uh, a photo of him uh, visiting the El Hermel uh, Asi River, one of Lebanon's top rafting and kayaking spots in 1998. So he's apparently quite loved, quite uh, respected. Uh, a lot of people really enjoyed paddling with him and everything, and he's, he's going to be missed. And it's, it's sad to hear something like this, especially when you've yes, got a, a, found, a founding member, right? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I guess on the other side of the country, or not country, the world, I, mean, yeah, I guess that's almost the other side of the world, Peru. Uh, Peru has joined the World Rafting Federation. I kind of figured Peru would already be. Part well, of it. they have. Yeah. Well,
1: good for them for finally joining them. I guess. About time. Geez, we kept you.
0: <laughs> uh, newest member to uh, to the organization, following recognition by the National Olympic Committee of Peru. Oh, here's here you go. Okay, I'm going to mess this up. I think. The Peruvian Olympic Committee president. Renzo Vito Fabrizio Manyar Velasco. Okay. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, acknowledged wow. that the Peruvian Canoeing Federation would be recognized as the representative for rafting in the country, taking the sport under its wing. That's sort of like the surfing and stand-up paddleboarding uh, thing. A little, yeah. A little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it says, I am honored to welcome this beautiful country in our community, and I look forward to develop uh, positive synergies with this amazing rafting reality, uh, said WRF President Danilo Barmaz. So, you know, and they go on to say, Peru's geography makes it an ideal location for rafting, being part of the drainage basin for the Amazon River, as well as boasting the likes of the Rio Chile and Rio Urum. Urubamba, which flow from the Andes mountains toward the Pacific Ocean. Like, that's why I figured they were already part of it. Yeah, they
1: got some pretty big rivers. I'm just looking at it now, and uh, there's a lot of water, right? water
0: here, and rivers. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I mean, when you got the, the Amazon, I mean, yeah. a lot of that's wide, but it's got some pretty pretty wicked sections that, you know, you and and the rivers that flow into and out of, Like, yeah, I figured they'd be part of it because there's a lot of areas that you could go rafting. Maybe they've just been keeping it to themselves. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. There are 42 members of the World Rafting Federation, with Peru being the seventh from the Americas after Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Costa Rica, Mexico, and Venezuela. From the huh.
1: Americas,
0: yes. Well, that's pretty
1: cool. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I guess the United States isn't part of it. Oh, there um, are now oops. forty-two members, with Peru being the seventh from the Americas. Uh, Canada wouldn't be part of it because Canada's part of an America. yes North America right (laughs) (laughs) am I missing something here what's going on (laughs) with Canada why aren't we part of it we got no we got rafting near Ottawa (laughs) I don't know I just live here yeah so congrats to Peru for joining the World Rafting Federation if anybody wants to go uh, rafting Peru's your spot. I'm trying to find out all the... Did you list all the countries? No, no, just the seven from the America. There's 42. What am I going to list all 42 for? I'm trying to find the list on their website, and it's... Uh, Number A's. one, Peru. Number two, Brazil. Number three, do I need to, to laugh like the count from, from uh, Sesame Street? One, Peru! Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Argentina, two! Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm not doing that 42 times, buddy. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I, I just uh, listed. There's the, a few the surprises seven. in here.
1: There's a few surprises in this list.
0: Oh, you got all like, 42?
1: Yeah. Albania, Al- Andorra, Argentina, Armenia, Belgium, Brazil, Bulgaria, Chile, Costa Rica. Croatia, Egypt, Estonia, France, Georgia, Ghana, mm-hmm. Greece, India, Iran, Iraq, Italy, Kazakhstan, Macedonia, Malta, Mexico, Moldova, Montenegro, Nepal, Pakistan, Portugal, Romania, Russia, Senegal, Serbia, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Tajikistan, Tunisia, Turkey, Ukraine, and Venezuela.
0: That, wow. was, that was 42?
1: Well, it says all members. So, so here, we'll just pick the Americas. The Americas is Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Costa Rica, Mexico, and Venezuela. Um, yeah, so there's Africa, America, Asia, Europe, and Oceania.
0: Wow. Oceania Apparently, North America. Is just, not included. Just not included. We're not part of the world. We're just
1: not part of the world.
0: Wow. Well, and how many people... I mean, all the rafting opportunities. Yeah. Especially in this like the, the western states. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Somebody and dropped I, the ball.
1: Well, some of them surprise me just because I don't think of the country like Egypt. Egypt has white water? Sure. That <laughs> might be my ignorance.
0: <laughs> like um yeah I guess they do yeah huh. yeah, when you're thinking when you're thinking North Africa middle East and stuff like that you're not really thinking yeah. white water right you're thinking deserts, yeah yeah, but yeah some of them <laughs> and some of them definitely are not surprised at all, yeah you know but uh no i i I'm, I'm surprised that the United States and Canada are not on that list, I know right we have some amazing rivers mm-hmm, wow huh Cool. Huh. Oh well. What are you gonna do, future uh, members? Yeah, we need, we need to write our local uh, Olympic committee because. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's got to be recognized by the National Olympic Committee. Yeah. So let's get on the horn with our Canadian Olympic Committee. Yeah. And say we need to join the rafting federate World Rafting Federation. Interesting. All mm-hmm. Hey, way to go, Peru! Yes, good for you guys. Uh, on the, keeping on the, the theme of snow. <laughs> oh, there we go. Ice. Segway back into it. Segway back in We should have done this with, we were, at the beginning of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we can edit. <laughs> we can just, yeah, I'll just, just change all this around. <laughs> I was looking at heading to Ottawa to visit my brother February 11th and 12th. Go well, up Friday after work, maybe leave work early, and then uh, head to uh, into Ottawa on the uh, the Saturday and come home Sunday. Because Winterlude's on all that sort of month. And the Beaver Tales Ottawa Ice Dragon Boat Festival is on February 11th and 12th. And they've just announced unfortunately that it has been cancelled. Oh, so we talked about uh, the ice boat racing before. Uh, there was the one in, oh this was ages ago too probably a couple of years ago now we talked about it. Uh, there was the one out of Quebec City. There used to be a mail run across the river. and they would take their their boats filled with the mail. Uh, and zip across to the other side of the river to drop off parcels and stuff. And there's a race every year. Uh, and this goes way, way back. Uh, it go, the, the race is to go from Quebec City shore to the other side of the shore and back. And teams are pushing these these big canoes over ice. Uh, and sometimes yeah. it's broken ice. Sometimes it's good flat ice. And, uh, yeah, and it's a race that's been going on. But the, uh, and that was, that would have been pretty cool. But I, I'm i not going all the way to Quebec City for one day. Um, But the the dragon boat, ice dragon boat racing, you get these long, I mean, you picture, you picture dragon boats on the water, right? There's these boats side by side and everybody heads straight on down. As fast as they can. Well, they they put the dragon boats on these metal skis or, or blades. Okay. Um, the, and they got sticks, but instead of the, the paddle blade, there's these cushiony things on the bottom that when they put them on the ice, it grips and allows them to push off. Right. So it's like yeah. they're paddling the thing but they're they're pushing it on these blades they got dude yes. in the back standing up and he's got the big tiller but what it does is it points the the rear set of blades so he can oh, adjust okay. where he's going right yeah I was really looking forward to going to seeing that live and in person uh, <laughs> you know just that's something different something pretty cool paddle related you know <laughs> yeah. hard water still water. <laughs> uh organizers had hoped it would not come to this, but to help ensure the health and safety of all participants, spectators, volunteers, corporate and community partners, and in compliance with all the evolving public health measures, guidance, and restrictions in place at federal, provincial, and municipal levels, the ice dragon boat races held on the Rideau Canal Skateway at Dows Lake and HMCS Carlton on February 11th and 12th, will unfortunately be cancelled. So that that sucks. I was looking forward so to is, going. What was supposed to be the dates of that? February 11th and 12th. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, so like in a month. Quebec
1: Winter Carnival is still going on, and it's uh, so it's going to be February 4th to the 12th. Uh, so you've heard of Bonhomme Festival. and Yeah, Quebec you always Winter sing Camp. that Bonhomme song. Ba-dom-ba-dom-ja-tou-jede,
0: ba-dom-ba-dom-ja-tou-jede. That's the guy, big <laughs> the, the big snowman dude. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, <laughs> yeah, is that still is that still a go?
1: That is, uh, I'm on their website now. It's still a go. It hasn't been canceled.
0: See, the the Dragon Boat Festival has been canceled, and I'm it's part of Winterlude. Oh, okay. It yep. goes from February fourth to twenty first. I wonder, Winterlude's been canceled or not? Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully next year things are back and we can actually attend next year. So, yeah, that uh, that stinks. <laughs> uh, a little factoid. Last, this is the last thing I've got uh, this week. A little factoid here. This might blow your brain right out. The global stand-up paddleboard market is estimated at $1.5 billion U.S. That's incredible. That's a big number. In the next 10 years, it is forecast to surpass $3.8 billion U.S. Within 10 years? Within 10 years. That's more than double.
1: Wow. Wow. And it's it's not like well I guess stand up paddleboard is still a relatively new sport relatively it's just becoming new?
0: more popular I think part of the popularity uh, when it comes to a paddleboard versus a canoe or a kayak it's easier to store uh, yes you got the inflatables which is, makes it even easier to store and transport yeah uh, cheaper for the most part yeah oh oh yeah you know um and yeah it's 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 becoming a big trend with young people, and with yes. these young people that started in it and are getting more and more into it are starting to get you know they're they're starting to make their their money and their careers, so they got more money to to put into this sort of stuff and so yeah, three point eight billion by twenty thirty two
1: it's gonna be all the paddleboard yoga that people are starting to do eh yeah that's probably why. It's got to be the yoga. (laughs) It's got to.
0: Countries like the U.S., Germany, France, U.K., and Spain are among the prominent regions contributing to the growth of the market. Huh. U.S., Germany, France, U.K., and so what do those five countries have in common?
1: A large population. Uh,
0: The U.S.
1: They have water.
0: Oh, that must be it. Any countries with water? No, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a flaw in your plan, mister. Uh, yeah, no, those are the five. Like They're they're among the prominent ones. Huh. That is huge, man. That is huge. It is. It is.
1: And, and I think w- one of the main factors might be, it would be populations with, uh, you know, uh, expendable, you know, they have... Modern times, modern countries with people with uh, flexible work schedules and so on, Mm -hmm. right? That they have time to have all these extra recreational things,
0: right? Well, when you look at it, like when you're looking at downtown Toronto, for instance, you see all the condos, the the people that have the condos. It is easier for them to take a a stand-up paddleboard up and store it in their condo (laughs) than it is a canoe or a kayak.
1: Yeah. A canoe and a kayak ain't going to fit in, a, in an yeah. elevator.
0: Because if you live on the 15th floor and you've got to yeah. portage that canoe up the stairs. It ain't going to happen. You're using it once and then it's staying in your condo till you move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing you that. And if you yeah. sell it, it'll be, you have to come and pick it up from my condo. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, that's all I've got this week. You got anything else to oh, add? Oh, that's it that's it no I'm was...
1: wow yeah yeah that was it I, I, yeah I was i was I was quiet in parts there where you're talking because I was looking up trying to find uh, people's ages and looking at water river maps of Peru and and I was looking at Bonham festival and so yeah i was I was trying to multitask here and I <laughs> I should have done my research before the show <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, busy 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 these days man yes you know it's yeah. uh yeah this has been one of the busier weeks for me lately so but and then the snowstorm throws everything out of out of whack yeah. as well right so ah, so i did do? find out that uh,
1: Winterlude, which goes from february 4th to a 21st yeah is uh it is in fact
0: cancelled okay so it's not just the uh dragon boats that's cancelled just the whole yeah it's whole... not just
1: Dragon boats so yeah so the annual Winterlude festival has been cancelled due to covid 19 concerns it's right on the website
0: Ah, too bad because that's a big money maker and tourist draw.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what gets people out into in, on onto the Rideau Canal. You know, they can skate over top of sunken cars and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? Yeah, maybe that's what she was doing.
0: She was just she was trying to beat the rush
1: to winterlude or <laughs> <laughs> well, she was she was she thought she was creating a winterlude uh, uh, art installation. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yellow car I call this yellow car under ice. <laughs> yeah. Yellow car standing on front bumper. Yeah. <laughs> Selfie on back. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but good times.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> all righty, dude. Um, that's all. Yeah. That's all. I guess that's it for this week. <laughs> if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to our episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can stream or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.